0: And once we get that right, which is for me the most important thing, that they have festival respect, the second one is commitment, the third one passion. Those three ingredients are non-negotiable.
1: Welcome into the Non-Negotiable Podcast. I'm Gavin and I'm here tonight with Pascal. How are you doing, Paz? I'm good, Gav. You? Yeah, excellent, mate. Excellent. Great weekend. What a fantastic win yesterday. Um, I've got to be honest, I I was expecting a win. Um, I think anything less than a win yesterday would have been pretty unacceptable, especially after the Fulham game. Um, We kind of made a little bit of hard work of it, more than I thought we should, but this was another one of them games where... I think when you watch it through the second time without the stress and the emotion, it looks a little bit different to where you were feeling at the time. Um, so let's 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 take it from the top pass. The lineup: Big Gabby came back in. Zinchenko was back starting again. White went back over to right back, and Ketir in for Trossard up front. Um, we just looked a lot more balanced.
0: We did we did. It was it was a lineup I guess most were hoping for. I was definitely hoping for that lineup and I thought it was probably the expected lineup anyway, because Eddie hadn't really put a foot wrong um up until then. And also with party's injury, I think it's debatable whether party would have played anyway, but still, uh, with his injury, um it had to be that lineup really. Do you think that if party had have been
1: fit, we might have seen Havertz up top and party in midfield because that's kind of where I thought he was going to lean because I didn't think he wanted to drop Havertz. Um, mm. But I, I do think if party had been fit, we might have seen party in in that midfield.
0: Yeah, it's possible. It's very possible. Um, I, um, I I think it's I think Havertz being dropped at this very moment is really unlikely because you know he's he's invested heavily in this player um and party arteta likes party so it, it it it's very possible that could have been the case um but i think uh with or without him i think what he lined up yesterday seemed pretty on point um from what i would have thought would be would be um the best suited lineup
1: yeah the only other thing i was toying with was last year you remember ben white had the mayor at home when we had to take him off at half time and Tommy come on and was, was fantastic. And obviously Tommy was back from suspension yesterday. There was part of me that did wonder if he was going to bring Tommy in at right back for this game. Mm. Um but but you know Arteta's not one for unnecessary changes. So I guess really this this was the lineup to go with.
0: Yeah and I've missed Ben White at right back to be honest. I've liked his um I like his um um I like his work with, with Saka on the right. I think the overlap is important. We've missed that. Um, so I, I think the way
1: quite... he gives Saka the ball is really, mm. really important. Like Saka comes mm. inside and White knows where to play that passing side because they've done it so often. Like Someone yeah. else can learn that, but you're going to have to learn it. You have to learn the way Saka moves, the way he opens his body to receive it. Him and Ben White have spent a year developing that, so it definitely yeah. makes a difference.
0: Oh, it does. It does. I mean, that was uh, um, kind of, um, that was proved, that was evident in when we, when we get to the game. We'll talk about but that chance that Saka missed, that was a Ben White delivery into the box. So I I, I I was really pleased to see him back there. It's nice to see kind of a little bit of familiarity with our um, lineup um, as we've missed that for the last few, few games. So, And particularly because it was United, I felt you, you didn't really want to experiment too much in this particular game. Um so it, it it looked pretty good. But what I look when I looked at that lineup, I thought, well, looking at what we have, that's probably the best lineup he could put out.
1: Yeah, and without Partey there, Zinchenko just becomes absolutely massive.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he does. He does. And he, he's that support in midfield, and uh, you know, the the passing, the um his uh calm, collected persona. Um very, very important. And it was good to see him back as well. Yeah, it was. And and we got off to a really
1: hot start. You know, we we, we had a bunch of corners yesterday. It was corner after corner. But we won one early on, and uh, it was a really good move. And I've been wondering this season, our corners have not been great, and I've been wondering why we didn't try and vary up with a few short ones. Because you remember last year, we played some short corners that that really turned out well, especially getting Zinchenko on the end of them. Mm. But this one was Martinelli. Eddie went short, a little one-two. Martinelli gets into the area, and he's got Odegaard and Saka on the penalty spot, screaming for the ball, and he tries to rifle it into the near post. And I mean, it was kind of a sign of things to come, um, but that was a bit frustrating. But it showed you how much we were cutting them open, even at that early stage.
0: Yeah, I I guess maybe in Martinelli's defence, he was trying to surprise the keeper uh, rather than go for maybe what we would perceive as the obvious choice, which was... and you alone. saw
1: Onana later on. Like Correct. to be honest with you, I, I'm gonna hit the ball at that near post when I can.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. There's a lot we can talk about Man United players later on in this in the, in this episode. But um, but yeah, so I, I can understand why Martinelli did that. Um, and it was a sign of things to come because we were very very active on that left hand side, very active. And um, uh, I think we were. I think. Particularly him, he was causing them all types of problem. It's not the first time we've seen Martinelli yeah, against one of the big teams really cause issues down that left.
1: Yeah, and we kept isolating him. We kept feeding the ball out there, and and you mm. knew that you knew that they were they were really struggling with it. And it was that again that left pod there. Even Havertz, who didn't have his best game, obviously, and we'll we'll come on to some of the reasons why in a minute. Um, but it, that left pod was Inchenko with Havertz and Eddie. I thought it actually. Well, because Zinchenko was there, basically it worked better than that left hand side has done uh, so far this season. Um, yeah, but let's let's get to the kind miss because we we you know we've got to get there. So the ball drops for him and he swipes the left foot it and I, I I thought he was in. I don't know how you miss it from there and it's ended up being a miss kick. And I don't know if you've I don't know if you've seen this or not, but I heard that apparently it hasn't even gone on XG because they counted it as a pass and not a shot because it, it really came good. off the outside of his foot and just skewed to the left. So the XG actually looks looks worse for us than it should be because that would right. obviously be a high XG, but because he missed it completely, it doesn't count as a shot. Um, this is where I will give a little bit of credit to Martinez because Martinez stayed alert when I think a lot of defenders would have switched off and that ball dropped to Eddie, and Haber Martinez not flung himself at it and just got a toe on that ball. Eddie's tapping that, he's tapping that in. Um, you know, we should be one up, but that it, it was a bad miss pass and it didn't help. He's a player who's low on confidence and he's he
0: badly needs that goal. I mean, that at least a consolation would have been an assist for Eddie, and an inverted assist, but <laughs> that didn't even happen. Uh, yeah, I I, I don't. I, it's hard for me to resist going really going to town on him because I, I try to avoid that um, because I know he's again like we talked about. It's early in the season. The problem is, is that it's inexcusable really to have an air kick from that close to the goal. Um, a professional football. On what he's on and what we've invested in him, you can't be doing that. I know your confidence is low, but it's—I—I I, I just cannot. Uh, there, there is nothing, and and I'm trying to avoid to be overcritical, but I—I I, I don't think anyone can turn around and have an excuse for that. There isn't. You 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 at least have to hit it just to have an air kit like that is, is, is pretty appalling really. <laughs> I'm not, and I, I really trying to avoid having, but he just looks devoid of confidence, that guy. It really looks like there is nothing there confidence wise. And I, I feel for him because um, it, it it gets worse when your confidence is so low, you make mistakes you you shy away sometimes. You don't, you maybe don't, you're not having the impact you want to have. And that probably is a great example of how that has occurred with him. I think there has to be, you know, and we'll talk about it later, but there must be some kind of thought process into how to build that up. And maybe these two weeks now will help him. Well,
1: and then he compounds that a couple of minutes later with the yeah. mistake, trying to play across to Erdegaard. He, he's so soft when he plays it across the field again. Maybe that's a confidence thing. He's you know, if he if he pings that ball across, it probably gets there. It wasn't the right ball to play anyway. Yeah. Um, but if he pings it, then maybe it gets there, but it was soft, it's intercepted by Ericsson. It's a good ball by Ericsson. Um it's a good finish by Rashford, but you've got to question White and Saliba here. Mm. They get themselves in a line, they don't cover any of the goal. It I thought it was really poor defending all round from that point. How did you see this? How did you see this goal?
0: Yeah, um, uh, very much the way you're seeing it. Firstly, the pass was terrible. Um, and that led to them taking on, which was infuriating in itself. In and I mean, isolation. it was
1: a brilliant pass by Ericsson. You've got to give It him was happy. a brilliant pass, but- it. It's the a phenomenal fact ball you... to find it. But there's so, much t- there's so much space between where Rashford gets the ball and the goal. He should never have got there.
0: Yeah, and but I think the fact is is that you are still the fact that you play that pass that in that circumstance when we were on top of them at that point you let them into the game and Ericsson, we all know can ping a pass or two and can thread a pass so it's a very 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 naive thing to do at that time uh, at that type of pass um, and then there were still things that we could have eradicated and I really I'm not. Ben White and Saliba were kind of doing the same thing, which was a bit weird. They were like synchronising yeah. um, their defending, and you could see with the naked eye what Rashford wanted to do. You could see absolutely. Well, you, you knew. Know you
1: didn't have to see it. You knew what he was. Yeah, you do. knew what he was, he was come doing. Coming side was... on his right foot. You know, what do. If Correct. he goes to the left, there, there's no danger, right? If you no. send him to the left, there is no danger because there is nothing
0: he can do. There's no one for him to play it to and 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 you know you've got two good defenders that really should know better but not just that i don't think anyone's mentioned this and I, and i'm again i'm probably going to be criticized for going hard on harvards he gives up running harvards if you watch it he runs to Ericsson, Ericsson plays the pass and then harvards kind of starts to jog at that point I'm not saying this would have eradicated the danger completely, but why stop running then? Because I know instinctively when I play, I'm not playing at their level, anywhere near it. But if I make a mistake, I will go do whatever I can to get back wherever whatever position I'm in to try and at least help. And then he kind of like jogs and watches Rashford go on. Now, if he had maybe joined up at that point or at least ran and made an intent to come back, that would have at least been an extra body to prevent Rasford going in. That, that's I've noticed that myself. I know no one else has maybe mentioned it. and Maybe I'm being over the top and criticising him here, but I just found that a bit strange. He ran all the way to Ericsson, but then kind of then jogged after that, which I thought was strange. But yeah, it, it, not exempting uh, White and Saliba. They should have done better in that circumstance.
1: And can Ramsdale get a stronger hand to it? I, I, I don't know. It's it, it's, it's a one hard that, one, yeah. It's one that I feel like, I'm not saying he should save it, but it is one I feel that he could save. And it, again, it's, it's one of them where when you've got a goalkeeper on the bench that they've just brought in that's looking... I, I didn't think Ramsdale was going to play yesterday. I know I you said that. You. I thought Raya would start. Again, mm. I think Raya is starting after the international break. <laughs> I, I, really, I I do I, I just think I don't know I don't now. know um, I don't know yet and it it yeah I I just think this is a save that you can make even if you like it's not one that you should make I think he might be a bit disappointed not to get
0: a stronger finger finger on that yeah possibly possibly it, I mean I thought for a minute that it was going wide I thought he had done enough but um. Yeah, it's. I mean, there were two bodies in his way. I guess you could have anticipated it pretty well where Rashford was aiming to go. Um, But I I think it would be hypercritical to apportion any blame with Ramsdale. But yeah, I I think maybe on his standards, he could have perhaps been a little bit stronger with the push-out. But um, I think a lot of the blame comes before that.
1: But this is a part of what people say when they were saying about upgrading Ramsdale, and it was saying that me and you never got behind, but they were saying basically that he doesn't stop things that he shouldn't stop. So when you look at the expected goals, Ramsdale basically concedes at, or even a bit worse than the expected goals. I just think when you're at the top level, I do think these are shots that you've got to save. And there's a, there's a, there's a little double-edged sword here because We've we've talked about how good he is with his feet, right? And how important it is to have a goalkeeper that can play with his feet. Well, Man U took out De Gea and they've brought in Onana, right? Who's, who's definitely an upgrade of his feet. But he is a massive downgrade as a shot stopper. Huge downgrade. And I just, I think there's a balance that's got to be fi- found. And I do kind of wonder if this is why Raya was brought in. Because Arteta looked at this last season and said, you know what? That's just not good enough. We've we've conceded. I think five, I think five of our first, of the first seven shots on target have gone in, and that's just not good enough.
0: My my hunch on that one is is that yeah, perhaps that's part of it. But I, as I said before, I think there was always interest in Raya from from years back, seasons before even before Ramsdale signed. There was interest in Raya, so I think the the opportunity presented itself. One. And two, he knew Turner firstly wanted to go and knew was never going to be, would never replace Ramsdale. So when you bring in a number two, it doesn't mean that they're going to replace them, but it can mean that you're looking, you you really want to keep that goalkeeper alert on their toes and keep playing at the highest level. And we do know Ramsdale makes mistakes. We know that he can lapse in concentration. And I think the thought process that will only get, that will not, maybe get better if you don't have a good keeper there as a number two. That's my thought process on what happened there. But uh, it's plausible that it could just be because he's made these errors. Arteta's thinking, well, I want to get this keeper in because I feel that this keeper eventually will be the number one. But I feel feel it's more to do with having much better competition and making Ramsdale and, and also... I feel there will be he will be comfortable to put Raya in cup games later in cup games. Not that I'm for or against that, but uh, you know they always like to put second keeper in cup games. I think he's got no problem doing that at, until the final and even perhaps Champions League games. So um, I, I think that's more the reasoning behind it. But again, it's just my my opinion on that.
1: Yeah, it's a time will tell thing, right?
0: Mm-hmm. absolutely you could be right he could be number one in two weeks and then what I'm thinking has gone out of the window but if not then I think the longer rounds is number one the more it makes me think that Rye is there really to make him a better number one and if he does not perform then Raya will be the number one
1: yeah well we have over the last year year and a half responded fantastically to setbacks, right? Mm. The amount of times, I mean, Jesus Christ, we have to do it because we give away so many stupid goals at home. Yeah. Um, but once again, we've gone one down at home and the response was fantastic. And it was absolutely immediate. It's a brilliant move down the left. Martinelli's flick out to Zinchenko, Zinchenko into Eddie. Eddie spins, gets it back to Martinelli. The cut cut back, cross the goal to Erdegaard and that finish in the bottom corner we're seeing that finish from Erdegaard now on a regular basis. His first year, that was the question, right? He needs to score more goals. He I think he only got five in his first year. He Needs to score more goals. He's got to be finishing them chances. He's finishing them now. He's the you know, he's the top scorer, scoring midfielder, non penalty in Premier League history from last season. He got fifteen. Um, he scored one penalty this year, but he scored again. We're just we're seeing that from him on a regular basis.
0: It, and he scored A similar goal um, against Fulham, which was ruled out, wasn't it, for offside, I think. Um, He scored a goal very similar out of the box. Uh, Sorry, uh, drifting into the box. Um, He he also is, um, I think, what, what we're seeing with that, with these particular circumstances, it's now looking inevitable that he will score when he's in that position and the ball comes to him. That's how good he's getting at putting these away because we saw that against um, Chelsea, I remember, in the home game when he came in and drifted in, laced it. Um, This one was a perfect example with it because sometimes these are not easy. They're coming towards you. People think, right, Okay, this is inevitably going to be a goal, but it doesn't always mean it will be just to hit it so perfectly well. Hard low, um, it was brilliant, and it was a great move leading up to that. Martinelli was fantastic in the way he span off and then went in, and then Eddie to spot him. Um, I thought it was a wonderful move, um, and um, it was what we thoroughly deserved. And unfortunately, we didn't do that before they scored, but but it was a great way to get back in the game, and it, it was starting to becoming a bit reminiscent of the, the home game we played them the turn of the year where we went one down and then we we got back in the game pretty soon after. But that was superb goal. And yeah, I think he's gonna be he's he's kind of now rem, kind of reminding me, not only does he pull the strings, but there's a bit of a lampard S to him now where he's drifting in around the, the the edge of the area and he's available to 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 smack those those balls in the back of the net.
1: And that's been worked on, clearly. That's yeah, absolutely. Been, that's been worked on. I mean, a, a year ago, I think that probably goes over the bar. So, yeah. it's you know, it's been worked on. Everything has been worked on. The, the movement to get there, the way we isolate our wingers one-on-one, all this stuff is coming off the training ground. And Erdegaard has clearly put the work in on that finishing. And it, it's fantastic the way he sweeps the ball home now. We're, and we're just seeing it all the time. And I was disappointed to go in one-one at half-time. I thought we were, you know, we were very, very dominant. We were a lot more dominant in this game than we were the game last year. Mm. Um, And we were pretty dominant in that. But this one was, I mean, it was one-way traffic. They, They weren't even really coming forward. They had one other shot that I can remember that Rashford put about 50 miles wide from... I don't know about 40 yards out. Off the yeah, he tried like um
0: he tried the similar shot to what he did when he scored against yeah, us. Yeah, just from Wouldn't about he? ten the, yards further yeah, out. Yeah, the it, the way
1: it, he and Ramsdale did one of them comedy dives, even though it was like 30 foot yeah. wide. Um yeah. and beyond that, I think Eriksson had one blocked. And that was it. Other than that, they just didn't go forward. You know, they were just they I mean, in total yesterday, I think I read they had three hundred and seventy passes and hundred and seventy five of them were was Onana. Martinez and Lindelof between each other. Like that oh, yeah. they, they just all the ball was on the edge of their own box. The field tilt, we were at nearly seventy-five percent field tilt. It it was mm. it was insane. So I was very disappointed to go in one one at half time. And then early in the second half, it was the only other chance of the game that they had really. Um Martial was put through, he was at a really tight angle, and Ramsdale, and this is this is why I think Ramsdale ain't playing next week. Um I thought this was really poor from Ramsdale. Martial was never, ever going to be able to score from there. But Ramsdale, one of the things Ramsdale has been really good at over the last year is when he pushes things out, he generally pushes it away. This one, he pushed straight back in the path of, I think it was Ericsson, but I'm not 100% sure. And Salih, was it? No, no, I think it was. It didn't come back to Rashford. Did, or was Were you talking about
0: the one that came off Ben White?
1: Was it White or Sule? that got the blocking. One of them got the blocking.
0: Yeah, that was Rashford, I'm sure. It, it was, was Rashford. Rashford. Okay, yeah. so
1: yeah, so he pushes it out, and it, it, it's gone straight to him. And that's the bit I think Arteta would have looked at and gone, you know what? I think maybe it's time for a change.
0: Yeah, I, I that one's that was because it wasn't a particularly hard shot from Martial. Who no, did, by it, the way, no, it
1: wasn't. It was a poor shot from an impossible angle. He was actually they'd, they'd sent him the yeah. defense that actually sent him wide on that. There was no chance of it going in. Um, no, but but Ramsdale just made a made a mess of it. Really, I mean, he could have he could have held it, he could have pushed it way wide, but he didn't. He pushed it straight back out, um, and the second chance ended up being better than the first one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the uh, you know by the way, Martial was atrocious. Uh, <laughs> what an awful player! But um, yeah, that no, I am um, I I do yeah I do feel that that's that was it. that was poor poor from him. Luckily, we were. Where he was bailed out, I think I thought it was Ben White, but it's one a of the
1: commentator two. definitely said it was Ben White, but I thought it was Saliba, but I'm it I'm,
0: could have been, not it sure. could have, I know it was it was one of the two, but thank God they were there. Yeah, to I mean we had a problem
1: with the American commentary all game, right? Because Graham Lasso was absolutely convinced well, that it, it, was it, it was Martinelli that gave the ball all Yeah, because
0: he, he he even still I I saw it was Harvard away and then even yeah. when they when we scored yeah that's he's right he's made up redeemed for it. himself yeah and yeah. i'm like you still haven't figured out who wasn't it it's not yeah, martinelli
1: six replays of it by then
0: i know i know but um yeah that was um that was poor i agree that was a that was and again it was an unnecessary way for them to you know they could have come back they could have taken the lead unnecessarily again from our own real mistake to be honest yeah. um which has been a trend with United games. It tends to be our mistake that lets them back in or lets them take the lead. Yeah.
1: Well, now we come to the penalty that never was. So cards on the table time. I don't think that's a penalty, right? I don't think there's enough there for a penalty. I think it's a dive. I think he gets slight tap on the ankle on one and then Casemiro kind of nudges him a little bit with a knee. To me, that is not enough for a penalty. But once you've given it, I do not see how that gets overturned because it isn't a clear and obvious error in the way that these games are refed. We saw Marcus Rashford last week against Nottingham Forest at Old Trafford go down with less contact than that, right? The ref looked at it on VAR and decided it stood. Why is this one different? Just because it's not Rashford? I, I don't understand how, I don't think it was a penalty, but having given it, I do not understand how you overturn it.
0: That was my qualm with it as well. I think that uh, Schlobbersly, or whatever his name for Liverpool, also very soft penalty he got last weekend, uh, where there was hardly any contact. But it, again, it's not, the referee gave it, the on field decision was a penalty. There Far, was contact. Very,
1: even if it was there, light, there was contact.
0: There was contact, correct. Um, so, because there's contact, usually bar doesn't involve itself. Now, yeah. another example, I, you're probably, I know we disagree on this, but the Eze one, when we played uh, Palace, yes. if the referee given an on-field penalty, I don't know if bar's overruling that. I don't know, because there I, is slight contact.
1: I don't, and I don't think it does overrule it, if it's given. Yeah. I really don't. I, I, I just feel like 90% of the time, these things stay with the on-field I decision. I agree. Decision. agree. Um, I agree. And I don't understand why this one was overturned when we've seen so many of them where the answer is, well, there was contact. So therefore, it's not a clear and obvious error. So we're not overturning. So I don't understand why this one is overturned.
0: This, this is this was my exact uh, point as well. It, it it's not necessarily about whether you think it's a penalty or you don't think it's a penalty it's the on-field decision was penalty and there's just not enough for me to say that VAR should involve themselves and i agree with that 100% so that was infuriating that was really infuriating because uh, i've we've seen just the week before uh, rashford uh do it was exactly the same um but no involvement and you know we we've talked many times about about what pisses us off with VAR, but this definitely is in that list.
1: Do you think had that have been, let's say, Eddie going through there, he stays on his feet and tries to get a shot away? Because I don't think Havertz needed to go down. This is the thing that no one yeah. seems to have said. I don't understand why he went down there.
0: Yeah, and it, the problem was he went down a little bit later than the contact. That's, I think, where the where the issue was because the con- there was contact. There's no doubt there's contact from Juan pasaka the thing is, is that he then still continues slightly and then falls. So it was a bit strange. And he was in a good position. He could have hit that low right into the right ankle. Yeah. I mean, he's going I, towards the corner but, of the six yard box. I, I don't know why you but, go down there. But maybe that goes back to the confidence thing. It, I think it's a little bit easier to search for a penalty than to actually go and take a shot. And with the chance of you missing and then being hammered again, like he's like with everything that he does. So. Maybe a penalty is just an easier way or hopefully getting a penalty is an easier way to to have some contribution and less risk. So I, I, I it was weird because I thought the same. I thought that's the same with Bart and I thought the same. Why didn't he stay on his feet on that? Because it wasn't the biggest of impacts and he was in a really good position after that.
1: Yeah, it definitely wasn't enough to send him down. And that's the thing no. for me. That's why for me it wasn't a penalty. I just don't really understand the interference in it at this point. I mean, VAR is just interfering way too much in shit and we'll, you know, we'll come onto the disallowed goal in a minute and we're probably going to disagree on, on that as well. Um, But it's, you know, I just think VAR intervenes too much and I I just didn't see it necessarily there. I don't, I don't know how they've looked at that and they've said that that, is a clear and obvious error when some of the other ones I've seen they've looked at and said it's mm. not. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not even just the referee. They've told the ref to go look at the screen. We've seen this time and time again where this happens and they don't call the ref to the screen. So I just don't know what made this one different.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And so it, then it, we it's, get... it's part of the inconsistency issue that we talk about.
1: Yeah. So, then we, you know, we're still dominating the game at this point And then we, you know, we have another really not... Not a great chance, I wouldn't say, but close. Martinelli drilling just wide the corner, come over, it comes out the edge of the box, a nice little move, and he bends it towards that bottom corner. And I don't care what Graham Nassau so said, Onana isn't getting there. It was just wide the oh, no. post. He was not getting there, and that nearly nestled in. Then it, we have it, the Saka miss. The... Hmm. And I mean the difference between him and Havertz is is at least he got contact on ball yeah. and got it Coldwoods, right? That
0: that's the only difference, yeah. But
1: I mean he's put it straight at Onana, anywhere else, and that is a goal. And again, what a move. Has, uh Martinelli on the left hand side, little quick switch of feet coming inside, find Jesus, then on to Erdegaard, then White, brilliant ball from White. And, you know, Sack has just got to bury that.
0: Yeah, he he really has to. It was brilliant football. Martinelli again in the thick of it, who was superb for me. I think I think many people get Rice man of the match, but I'd say Martinelli pushed him close. That's for sure because he had a hand in a lot of the great plays that we had. Um, but even um, Ketter as well. To be fair, I thought Eddie Ketter did. Off, no, was, was Ketter did. Uh, uh, listen, I I I was actually with you on. Uh, when was the right time to sub him? I did want to yeah. see Jesus in because I. Thought oh yeah, I think them without... subs
1: were too late, but we'll get onto that in part. Yeah, but I thought Eddie.
0: Subs. I thought Eddie. Eddie. But they were really the right subs. Involved.
1: Yeah, they were the it, right it, subs. They were just too. They were just for they, me five minutes too late.
0: Yeah, but Eddie. Uh, I think what Eddie did, what he's really improved on, is his contribution um, and involvement within team plays. It's so 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 much better. He's dropping back really well. He's holding the ball back much better. I, I thought he, he had a really good game. Um, and that ball comes in. I mean, you, you've got you more or less bet in your house that Saka is going to put that away. Well,
1: that's it. I mean, who do you want it to fall to? It's Saka, it's yeah. Saka or Odegaard, right, on the left foot right there. That's who you want it falling to.
0: Absolutely. It was a weak shot as well. It wasn't hard. It was weak. And I think Sack didn't really have a very good game, to be honest. He no, he wasn't, didn't have a good game. He no, did, and I think a good maybe that had something to play on it as well. He just, again, he just was not his day. Um, but yeah, we you've got to bury that. That had to be, especially against that goalkeeper.
1: Yeah. Well, then we come on to the disallowed goal. Um, let's just settle mm. it immediately. He was offside, 100%. Yeah. He was offside. The argument for me... Here, Are you
0: sure, though? Because apparently the camera angle... Oh,
1: wasn't. my God. Yeah, if you if you keep looking at enough angles, you might get one that looks like it's onside. <laughs> it's fucking insane. Um, but, you know, he, he was offside. My thing here is a bit like with the penalty. Does VAR really need to intervene in that? I know your view on it, he's offside, he's offside, and that's it. But I just... I don't know. I think if you don't call that offside, I don't think we're screaming this morning about an offside goal. Like, I think it's that close. I'm just not sure VAR needs to intervene in this one, but having intervened on the penalty shout,
0: I'm glad they did. I think with offside, the problem is is it's not as it's not as subjective as no, penalty. No, that is true. It's like
1: the ball going out of play, right?
0: Yeah. So I think what happens is is literally they have to draw the line, don't they? So they, I think with offsides, they they want to make it as unequivocal as possible. So I agree with you. If you based it just on naked eye, if that's all we're basing offside on, then you're probably looking at that. And I remember back in the day when when there was no VR, what would always be said is uh, that looks in line. Daylight, and we're right? is, there the daylight, attacker.
1: is there daylight between the defender and the attacker? Correct.
0: And they'd always say we'll favor the attacker, right? Yep. So, you know, he it, it, it could be a little bit ahead, but, you know, let's give the benefit of the doubt to the attacker. You could have that approach with VIR, but I, I don't know. I feel that they, they have implemented it in a way where they want to make it absolutely unequivocal because offside is not supposed to have subjectivity in it. And I think penalty appeals, handballs, there is more subjectivity. So therefore, there's probably more of a debate as to whether VAR should be involved in those things or, or how much VAR should be. But in offside, I feel it, it's a different matter. So I, I get that. Now, where I have a problem with it is incidents like where we suffered with the Tony, where they didn't even draw the lines, and they they were just—I don't know what the fuck they were doing. But so I think in this case, I, I was okay with it. I admit, I admit, I do see what you're saying. If they make it across the board, will we just rely on the naked eye? Possibly. But do you think there could still be debate, perhaps, if you rely on the naked eye? Because one person's impression—I mean, there's of always going to be, head... be
1: debate. There's going to be debate. Anyway, you've seen it this morning. There's still. Yeah debate i mean the fact that one side's wrong doesn't really matter There's still going to be debate yeah. but i will say this and you spotted it at the time i didn't see it until after but big gabby that is some fucking high iq to, to absolutely step up brilliant
0: absolutely and he you knew see he weren't going to catch away. him
1: and yeah oh, it was phenomenal to step up there
0: I mean, it was Michael Jackson, you know, <laughs> doing do, doing the the, the 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 on his on his tippy toes kind of move that he did there. It was so it was so smart of him. Yeah. Um, and that saved us.
1: That yeah. that yeah.
0: saved us. It that did. was the difference. It I did. mean, I, how were you feeling when that went in? I was I, oh, was, I was about gutted. to turn off my phone. I was literally oh, I was, about was, to turn off. I my was phone. but looking back at it though,
1: do you know what? It took us thirty five seconds to score the equalizer the first time. If that's given, everyone's talking like that would be the winner. And I'm not convinced that it would be. We had more than enough to get back into that game. But it would have been a big ask. But I, but we could have done it. So that is not... They haven't ruled yeah. out a winning goal. They've ruled out a goal. And there was still... We still had 12 minutes left to play at that point. It was in the 88th minute. We went on to 100 and something minutes. That
0: is true. So is I, true. I don't
1: think it's necessarily a winner. But yeah, I was I was gutted. And in a game where we dominated possession so so much... And in the second half, we'd found it a little bit of a slog to break them down quite as much. I was very, very disappointed at that point. And I was, I was, I was so happy to see to see that to see VAR intervene, even I, though I, I'm I
0: think, it should I think the only satisfaction you get when you're when you when it favors you VR is just seeing the disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> in, oh, absolutely. In the fans, yeah, in absolutely. the players. And and let's be honest, Gab. I was speak, I was sitting with someone who Really, Zoni just got into football recently. I was explaining, you know, the game and everything. I was really happy actually because I said the ones to watch out for us are Rice and Odegaard and they both score. But um, what what she said, she said, I know you don't like Man United, but she said they look like really dislikable players. Like you mm-hmm. look at them and you you just look at them, just look, just even looking at them Anthony, uh, Bruno Fernandes, uh, Martinez. He says, they just look like really dislikable players. And I said, well, you know what? They look like it and they are. So, even just seeing the disappointment in those people is is so gratifying. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, and apparently Bruno Fernandez was uh, giving it quite big to our players after that went in, before it got Brilliant. disallowed. Um Brilliant. And uh yeah, and we'll come. Where was he, bit, by the way? Did you
0: see him in that game? Because I, 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 he was really... he was
1: rolling on the floor, grabbing his ankle. I think most of the time, and he he got yeah. a warning from the ref after five fouls and a hundred and twenty-seven moans. Yeah, so I just, Yeah, I, I got no time for him, and that yesterday was it, it. It certainly didn't endear him to him anymore. Put it that way. No, <laughs> no,
0: um, no.
1: Yeah, so it was excellent from Big Gabby. It was offside. Um, I, I I mean, I, I would be frustrated if it was given against us, even though it is mm. offside just because VAR has intervened. I think if the flag goes up and it's called offside, I don't have an issue with it. Do you know what I mean? But that, again, comes back to the point where I don't like yeah. VAR. So I'm biased against it to begin with because I do not like VAR. I would like mm. to see it scrapped. I know it's not going to be, but I would like to see VAR scrapped. And mm. I think mean, that's where a big part of it is for me. I just can't get, I just can't get my head around this stopping the game to check all this stuff and going back to try and disallow, find reasons to try and disallow goals. I just Mm. can't get my head around it. You know, we've spent 30-odd years with every rule being brought in to speed up the game, whether it's the back pass law, whether it's having the multi-ball system around the pitch, whatever it is to speed the game up, and then all of a sudden we've brought in something that slows down the game
0: two minutes at a time. Mm. So... Um, I, I, yeah, I, I, we're going to be debating this for a long, but I think the realization is it's here to stay. So the only way is living with it, but how can we somehow refine it just to make it livable? And that leads to the,
1: to the rice goal, right? Because the VAR, when it goes for you, it kind of pumps you up when it goes against you, it deflates you. And we started pushing again straight away. And we have that move, Jesus down the right-hand side. He pulls it back, guard, trying to bend one in the top corner, gets the deflection over the bar. And from that corner, we had that overload on the back post all day. And Saka delivers it. Rice brings it down with his face. Um, drills it, deflected in at the near post. Keeper's going to be disappointed. I'm elated, so I really don't care.
0: Oh, absolutely. It was um, it was kind of a weird one because it felt like it was in slow motion. It, it kind of went onto his face and then it was just like, like, I was just shocked at how there was no reaction from their defence. He was just allowed that time to control it in his face, let it bounce and then hit it. Um, but I'm not one to complain at all. So um, it was amazing and it was just fantastic. It was him that scored that goal because we've had a lot of scrutiny around about the, the, the price that we pay for him. Why just us, I don't know, but you know, and, and, you know, is he going to really bring, be that difference and stuff like that? I thought we saw yesterday that he's here to stay and this is going to be one hell of a player for us. Um, Just not even the, the player, how he performs on the pitch, but everything outside of the way he interviews is fantastic. He comes across as just such a nice guy. Um, and already you can see the fans have taken to him uh, really well. It was a great, great moment. Wonderful. we
1: have seen a lot of whining about this and Eric Hag does nothing but whine. So I'm not surprised, but he was moaning that Evans was being fouled by Gabriel. That's a foul on Gabriel by Evans, right? Like Dermot Gallagher on TV even said, that if that don't go in... It's a penalty because Evans is grabbing Gabrielle. Just because you let go first, it <laughs> doesn't mean that that you're being fouled. It
0: was—it's an insane view. I don't even see where Ten Hag's got that from. I think it's going to be—I think he's got to watch himself because I think he's becoming a bit of a clown at the moment. And I hate to say that because I—I I, I thought highly of him at Ajax, but you know the Arnana. What he said about the Onana uh, incident, and now he's saying this. I mean, you're now looking ridiculous. You're looking so so partisan in your view of what happens to your team that you're not going to be taken seriously. There's not even any point paying attention to his comments if that's what your comment is like to claim that that's a foul. I I, I just thought was absurd, absolutely absurd. And whatever protectional measures you want to take for your players for the fact that it took them about 10 minutes to get to Declan Rice and that you had someone who played for you 10 years ago, it's probably about 50-odd years, and then another one who's really slow in your central defence, it can't take away the fact that that was the main reason why we were able to really penetrate them um, in their defence and the fact that Rice had so much time, not because Gabriel fouled him. It's It's just stupidness, really.
1: Yeah, and then the icing on the cake, the cherry on top, the Jesus goal. Um, yeah. That's uh, a ball punted up in the box by Ericsson. We win the header. And Nelson, who did really well again when he came on, he gets that ball out to Vieira. He just stretches it and gets a toe on it. And Vieira, is a super pass for Jesus. And Jesus goes and he turns back inside and the rumour is Dallow. He's still sliding all the way down the Holloway Road. I think he's reached Highgate by now. Um, yeah. and he slots it in the corner. And for a striker who, you know, everyone has had complaints about he doesn't score enough goals, this was a real page of a goal. And hopefully this can be the start of something to to really kick on this season because we do need goals from him this year.
0: Yeah. And it, to what I was really pleased about, I'm not sure if you're getting onto that, I'll mention it anyway, it was just all of our subs worked. All of them worked. And when we're talking about strengthening our squad. That was a prime example of it because one of the players scored, one of the players made an assist, the other one was a pre-assist, but also penetrative. Um, Nelson was really, I love Nelson because he's direct. Uh, He's one of these players, he just goes for it, goes down the wing, puts the cross in. He's an old-fashioned winger in that sense and he's good, similar to Martinelli in some respects. Um, and then Fabio Vieira's sight wonderful pass again, you can see now that he is developing an eye for a good pass and assist. He's becoming far more aware and um, what I loved about the Jesus goal is that we haven't seen many goals from Jesus um and you know that's been an issue, but this was taken like a prime number nine I mean it was brilliant he just I thought he was gonna shoot at the point that Dallo came sliding in. I thought it was brilliant the way he took it onto his right foot and then just put it away beautifully. And then it's something now that that's something that Enketia, who's been fantastic, just you could not see do. And now we're going to see the difference, I hope, and the variation in what we can offer on an attacking front. I, I was really gratifying, one, to beat Man United 3 1 because I thought we deserved that. And secondly, to see our subs be so impactful, which has been a big issue. Which we've always been, which we talk about nearly every week.
1: And Vieira, we said last week we want to see him doing it again and again. Well, he's done it again. So we oh, yeah. are, we, you know, we we're getting to the point where he's he's earning it. He he really is. And the celebrations pass. I love a good bench clearance, right? Love it. Martinelli yeah. is off down the line before that ball's even in the net. Erdegaard straight out after him. I don't even know how many people we had on the pitch at the end there. <laughs> There must have been the entire squad. Saka's in the crowd. Saliba. Saliba. Saliba does these funny celebrations where he runs off on his own into the crowd, and then remembers that the team are there, and then he turns and runs with them. It is. It was. It was fantastic to watch. It really was brilliant.
0: It's. 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 It's what we. It's why I feel the Emirates is becoming more and more. I know we're from the old school, we're, we we grew up Highbury and we'll always have that affiliation with Highbury. One of the things the Emirates has lacked and us, Arsenal fans have been the first to put our hands up about it is atmosphere, is, is that bond with the players. Um, all of those things, I feel that's coming. I really do. I feel it's here actually, sorry. Um, and you can see that in just the celebrations after. We saw a lot of it last season, whether it was Man United or not. Um, but it was great. It was I uh, I you can never over celebrate a victory like that against a team which is theoretically your rivals. And I say theoretically very sparingly because I don't think they are actually our rivals no, in terms of they're not. There are rivals historically. Yes. But I don't think there are rivals in terms of not where we where we yeah. are. Yeah, not I agree as a team with not. But it's Man United. Whatever way you look at it, come to the Emirates, you want to beat them and you wanna beat them well. And you want them to continue their crisis as much as possible. So we we saw, we saw the polar opposites of what one team is going and where one team is at the moment heading. And they're both in very different directions.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, let's leave the first half there. We'll come back in a second half. We've got uh, a lot more to talk about after this game. So we will see you after the break. See you in a minute. Sounds good. Hey guys, just a couple of quick half-time messages for you. Firstly, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. It really helps us reach a wider audience, particularly on Apple Podcasts. Secondly, we're on all the social media platforms as The NN Pod. We're really trying to build a strong Guna community. So next time you're on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, look us up, give us a like or a follow, send us a message, interact with other listeners, or, or just have a look around. Thanks for listening from myself, Paz and Juz. We really appreciate it. Welcome back to the Non-Negotiables podcast. This is part two. Paz, I want to dig into the £105 million man a little bit here because I don't know I've ever seen a player that seems as perfectly suited to a club and a team as Declan Rice is to this team and this club. Right now, I was banging the Declan Rice drum for a couple of years. I, I, one, I, you know, when I first started, I didn't think there was anywhere in the world we could possibly get him. Um, but what I see is a player that could become the best midfield player in the world. Um, and I just think he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal as a person. He's media. He's always the one to go out in front, up to the media. I just think he's been an absolute phenomenon, and you're seeing his game evolve in front of your eyes, right? We we said Zinchenko's the most important player in this team because you take party out and you lose some of them defense splitting passes. That's the next step for him. That's the evolution and you're seeing him start it now. You're seeing him looking for those passes and break those lines. He wasn't doing this at West Ham. You're seeing him evolve as a footballer in front of you. And I just think the sky is the limit with him.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to give you all the props for that because I'll be honest, before we signed him, uh, only last season I started to come to the realisation of what what a good player he is. But before that, I didn't, maybe because I didn't really see him that much, um, I thought maybe it's another overhyped English player. Um, But I saw last season what he was for West Ham and how important he was and how much we miss someone like that in our midfield. Um, I think this is... This is going to be, uh, I'm seeing not only a dynamic uh, midfielder, but fantastically switched on defensively, contributes massively to uh, our attack. Um, obviously, we saw he could score goals as well, um, but looks captain material. I know Odegaard's our captain. I'm not saying to be our captain, but I say he's captain material. He's that good. He's got great presence on TV. He seems like a really decent guy as well. Um, just the kind of player that you want in your team. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, Patrick Vieira was very much a defensive midfielder, but had a dynamic side to him. He could lung busting, runs forward, could come in. You could see that with this guy over time. You can see him having that role for us in our team. Um, so I'm really, really impressed with him. I think you see now, I know there's always been this thought process which is correct that over 70 million you don't really get your you don't really get your return but I think we're already seeing our return with this with this guy um and um very very impressed I, I loved what he did yesterday um and um he was rightfully our man of the match um in terms of, and and also I think there was people was it the miss by Harvard's there was an attack that we had where he cut out the danger and he brought the ball forward um, I think it was the miss by Havertz. It was the start-up to that that attack. Um, but that just shows you what he brings because he's so switched on defensively. He can switch that defence and then move it straight into the attack. So, um, yeah, I love him.
1: Yeah, phenomenal player. Absolutely phenomenal.
0: I guess we
1: do have to talk about the Havertz thing. He didn't have a good game again yesterday for the second time. That miss, there's a confidence problem. Do you think that Arteta is going to take him out of firing line coming back? Because I have a feeling that we might see him sit against Everton. I think he might be back in after that, but I, I think he might sit him down against Everton.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's one, it, it's one that again a lot of with Arteta's decision with players is difficult to predict. Um, I think this two weeks or- comes at a good time for him.
1: And with this pass, I think there's there's more to it than just, you know, everyone's looking at, well, he missed a chance and he did this, but there's more to it than that. You've got to decide, are you doing his confidence more harm than good by keep putting him out there? Or are you going to destroy what's left of his confidence by dropping him? That That is a tough line to tread, and that's where Arteta's really going to have to figure this out.
0: And, and not just him, but what is it for Fabio Vieira? He's come on twice now. Now and impressed and contributed to this team not just with assists but in terms of energy in terms of dynamism delivery so you also want to keep his morale up you don't want him to feel defeated about his position in this team so it's a difficult thing to manage I think this two weeks does come at a good time more for Harvard's, um, because maybe it might give him a bit of time to build confidence up reflect a bit work on certain things but I would not be surprised if he was left out, but I think also you cause a problem because if you leave him out, you know what's going to happen with the media. Not that you should pay attention to it, but it's going to be like, oh, Harbert's left out. This is it. You know, there's going to be a lot of that going on. And I don't think he wants that to affect him in any way. Um, But I
1: think you do have to take that into account in this situation. I think the criticism has been, it's been over the top right? Let's be fair. The criticism has been yeah. way over the top. So I think he does have to take that into consideration a little bit. And, yeah. you know, the other thing is ever earned, Sean Dyche, Havertz is six foot four. <laughs> this may not be the game to drop him in.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's, it, it, it's away from home. Havertz, we know, has been working well defensively. There isn't, that's not a problem with him. My issue is, is that um personally you know we've spent a fair bit of money on him and he's on a really high wage as well so i know that's not just because we want his defensive qualities to be coming out to the forefront we more want him to show more intent attacking wise and have more tangible results from him um i i don't think he will uh, but that if you have to ask me yes or no i don't think yet he will do that um he's invested a lot in this guy I think this two weeks comes at a good time for him maybe to work with him one-on-one and try and find some ways to improve that. Um, but also at the same time, I feel you've got to be careful with Vieira because I think we're we're seeing a player that we wanted to see and was bought for the reason of um, of providing um, that bit of quality in our midfield. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think he will, but I think it continues and he will be put on the bench for sure.
1: And this two weeks probably comes at a good time for Saka, too, because he's just dropped two stinkers in a row, uh, which is very yeah. un-Bakayo Saka-like. Um, yeah. So I, I feel like a little break with England might actually do him doing some good at this point, where he can get out the, get of the spotlight a little bit. And, uh, there, you know, every, all the focus in the England camp, is going to be on Jude Bellingham and, and Harry Kane, really. Um, you know, Bellingham's been on fire starting the season for Real Madrid, and Harry Kane obviously just going to buy Munich. So I, I feel like... Rather than be the star, Saka's going to be able to like kind of sit back a bit for the next couple of weeks. Um, So I think that might be that might actually be a good thing for him. So this this break, it's one of the few times where I think the international break. Yeah. okay, I don't mind it too much.
0: Yeah. And then and having a win against United helps as well because you're like, right, we've got our win there. They're the ones that probably would love to have another weekend (laughs) where we're, you know, we've got a good win against them. Um yeah I'm with you as much as I always miss watching Premier League football, and I'm not too i'm maybe not not as as bad as yourself with my views on international football because I know you have you you've no time for it but i yeah i I can't stand these qualifiers and all of that stuff or friendlies and all that nonsense, but you're right, I think it's come at a good time um and you know with parties' injury' it's another two weeks where hopefully of recovery but who knows
1: yeah, we'll touch on the party injury after this. I just want one last thing to wrap the game up. the subs um I thought i got these subs spot on. I thought they were five minutes too late um but i I, I thought they were the right subs to
0: make, and they all impacted the game yeah I, I that 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 for me was part of the most satisf- satisfying parts of that game because it's been something we've talked about. Yes, absolutely. I did feel the subs were a little bit later, but I guess with the added on time, you can kind of he's kind of got away with it there because we got another ten minutes. Um, I, I I I thought I, I thought for, for a start Tommy Asu, I thought was excellent when he came on. I think people, you know, you didn't really uh, notice the difference as much. Yes, less in in, in there it, it was a less of an inverted. Role that he offered, but I thought he linked really well on the wing. Um, And uh, Nelson was really positive going forward. Vieira contributed obviously to the goal, and Jesus was superb. He was causing them all types of problems um, down the on the right hand side and the middle. Um, so yeah, I was really, really happy with those subs. Did Jorginho come on? I think he came on as well, didn't he? But I mean, it was so late on. He, I think he came on after
1: my... the Rice goal because he was still in his bib celebrating when Rice scored.
0: Right. Okay. Okay. But, yeah, yeah. I don't remember. I don't really know. Late. I didn't notice him too much, but, um, but uh, yeah, I was really, I was really happy with the subs and they all worked.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Jorginho for Odegaard was after the, uh, after the Rice goal, um, Obviously it was the big treble sub that, that really had the impact, you know, Vieira, Jesus and Tommy, wasn't it? For Zinchenko, um, Havertz and Eddie. And and Eddie had a superb game. I thought Eddie was was fantastic, but it was mm. it was time to make that because as good as Eddie plays, Eddie is still Eddie and Jesus is still Jesus. Do you know what I mean? Like there is as good as Eddie can be, Jesus is still going to be a better footballer at the end of the day. So I was happy with it. I was happy with the subs, and I thought we, you know, we we blast Mikel when he gets them wrong, and uh, I thought this time he got them right, so we should we should say so.
0: And and I think you know, to his credit, I think he can feel a little bit vindicated about Eddie and because he's the one that offered him the new contract. He's the one that believed in him uh, last year. I, I'll be honest; I thought they should have let him go. I even had thoughts of them selling him this summer, but he stuck by him, and I actually genuinely feel he likes Eddie and I think um his attitude he's even you know Arteta doesn't vocalize too much about his players and uh but he's been very vocal about his attitude in training and how he's deserved to start i feel that's all part of um a a thought process that he's very much part of this team and he was not afraid to put him and start him in this game where he could have easily have started Jesus start him um, against United. And it says a lot about the confidence he has in him. And he's repaying that, I feel. He's really... What Jesus offers, though, for me, which is the biggest difference, is he's more penetrative. You can see that. He's more driving into the box. He's... He, and he, he he's more of a handful. But I think Eddie's contribution is really improved a lot.
1: Partey's injury then. So the rumours started to swirl on Friday. Three weeks, three months, whatever. And some people denying it. Arsenal even put out old training photos <laughs> that showed him in it to try and keep it under wraps. It was never going to work. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, this is what you get with Thomas Partey. You 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 knew it was coming at some point this season. It comes here. It's why I still think we're one short at the back, because Partey was obviously looked at as an option for right back. He's not now. With Zinchenko and Tommy Asu, it it's awful to say it, but you know at some point they're going to miss at least a month. So I, I do still feel we're one short. This part A news, I mean, for me, the transfer window, right? Any transfer window where you sign Declan Rice, for me, is an A. What stops it being an A-plus is the Timber injury. It's not even what we did or didn't do. If Timber was fit, yeah. this would be an A-plus window for me. Yeah. I wouldn't feel I wouldn't feel remotely worried by it. even with party's injury. You'd just say, Well, you knew it was gonna happen and we've got rice in there now, so whatever. Um but I do feel with Timber's injury now we're,
0: we're probably one short. I it, it yeah, it seems I mean there there is talk about um uh Walters. Yeah, Raw Waters. Royal Waters yeah. Um, that he's really coming up. Coming on leaps and bounds in terms of the right back position, and and there seems to be he's training with the well, first. Well, he can play game. all the way
1: across. He plays right back, centre back, left back. He's a big boy too.
0: So you know, maybe maybe they they see something in him as as that player to fill in if needed. If maybe need that's probably that's why they maybe were not as. Forthright with with signing uh, another defender. We also don't know the exact timeline for Tim, but I know it. I know you. It sounds like it could be February, could be March. We don't know the exact timeline, so I I think maybe the raw waters. There's something there that that could potentially be that slight cover that we need. But I do agree with you. We are slightly party for me. Is I I I know I, you I don't like worry. coming
1: right back anyway.
0: I don't really like him at right back because I think we're a better team when he's not at right back. I do understand it. It's not like I, I feel that it's like absurd decision, but I just feel we're better without him. Um, I But I do. W- what worries me about party is, again, it's before a big game and he's injured. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many. There, there was a list I saw. Yeah. It's quite a remarkable list. Well, well, um, I mean, but just the law of averages says that
1: before this game, he had missed 65% of the, or he'd only been, I don't, I can't remember if he'd, now it must've been, he'd only been available for 65% of the games we've played since we signed him. And right. that, you know, and it, you're right. it he does always seem to be the big games that he's, that he's missing before. But like I said, this isn't a surprise. We were expecting this at some point.
0: And, and, and it, goes to the point of why Declan Rice was so important because this would have led us to be in a position that we've seen last season when party was remember we went to United away from home when party wasn't there. Lakonga was there and we were just terrible. Um I think now we have someone we can rely on. Party I still can be part of the squad very much so. But I wouldn't really want him playing regularly to be honest. I think firstly he gets injured too much. And secondly I'd rather have him as some kind of you know, cover for, uh, so to speak for for Rice um if he gets injured. Because we can see Rice's best position is that that position he was in yesterday. I wouldn't have him more advanced. I think he's just so much better where he plays just in front of the back four. That's his position for me. Kind of that number four role. Um so I, 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 I feel this is his last season anyway. Uh, I feel party will be off.
1: Yeah, I kind of get the same feeling as well. I think in the summer, if Saudi Arabia are still spending money next summer, um, yeah. then I, I think you'll probably I think he'll probably be off next summer. Because I think he's only got one year left next summer anyway. Um and yeah. there's no way we're not extending his contracts. Like the, no. the, he's he's never getting another deal. So I think if we got the chance to move on next summer, you know, and and you know, we're gonna be adding a couple of players next summer anyway. So I I think if we get the chance to move on from him, we will, because of course he comes back and then he's going to, he's going to be away again at the end of January for the African nations. And Tommy Asu is going as well to the Asian games. Um, When's that? That's the same time as the African Cup of Nations. So we're going to lose Tommy Asu and and, and Partey at the same time. So I just wonder if something's going to have to be done in, in January.
0: Yeah, and that, that could be part of the thinking why they didn't make any moves yet in summer. I guess they wanted to see the outgoings um, and also see where they're at in January, but it's very possible then. I guess we'd also want to know where Timber would be at that point in January. We don't know um, how how that's looking. But yeah, so we got... But it'll only be Tommy and Party, right? Yeah, that's the yeah, only we, haven't two. Got,
1: yeah we haven't got anyone else
0: going. Well, thank goodness they're kind of our peripheral players. Um because in in yesteryear party oh, was the one that would always be Well that's about. the thing,
1: like yesterday, can you imagine going into that game yesterday last season without Partey. Do you know what I mean? Like that's where you that's mm. when you always used to panic. And yesterday when he got injured, it's a blow that he's got injured, but it's not like it was before because you just say, Okay. Well that yeah. means that that means that Havertz is gonna gonna play in the eight and, and Rice is gonna gonna cover in front of the back line and we'll we'll be fine
0: yeah i i i know you you're kind of ambivalent about him, but I think it does go to the point that Eugenio was right to keep it was right to keep him not sell him um in the summertime because i i as much as i would rather him not play regularly because i feel i, I like him but i think we need a regular that's rice but i th- having him there he has proved to be i didn't agree with the substitution at Fulham, but I don't blame him for that. Um, I feel when he is needed for situations that suit him, he can be useful for us. So I I I, I feel having him um there and not selling him was the right decision because uh, you just can't rely on party for any form of cover. And we know El Nenny I think, you know, this is his last season and I don't even know if he's ready anyway. To, to, to...
1: No, I don't think he's even fit. Yeah, uh, you know, El Nenny's hanging around because he's Elneny and, and it was the right thing to do. Um, yeah. He's not been, he's not, I mean, you may see him play. You might see him play in the League Cup if we get a little bit further in that. You may even see him in the third round of the FA Cup if we, we draw someone, you know, someone that maybe we haven't got to go all out for. So you may mm. see Elneny play a game or two still. Um, but, I, but, you know, he's not going to be trusted to play actual minutes that count. If if he's, put it this way, if he's playing a league game in February or March, we're in trouble.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, after the international week, we've got quite a lot of games in a row because we're going to have the Carabao, then we've got the Champions League, and then we've got big games coming up. So all the more reason why having those players outside there to play perhaps in the Carabao or, you know, these type of cups um, will help. Um, but, and Smith Rowe, man,
1: <laughs> hopefully yeah. we get to see him out there. Yeah. Maybe we'll get to see him and get five minutes <laughs> at some yeah. point. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I want to touch on, Paz, um, it sounds like Nicola Pepe has completed a medical, um, mm. with was it Basictas? I think it's Besiktas.
0: Yes, Besiktas, yeah. Um,
1: he did the medical in Paris. The, for, for, for anyone wondering why this is going on, um, the Turkish transfer window doesn't shut until the 20th of September. I think the Saudi Arabian one closes on the 7th of September. So Turkish clubs can still sign players. Um, So I don't know if this is going to be a contract cancellation. And then he goes there on a free, like we did with Aubameyang. I don't know if it's going to be a free transfer, like we did with Hector Bellerin. I don't know if they're going to be paying a small fee for him. I would seriously doubt that that would be the case. I'm not sure, but, for Pepe's sake, he needs to go and play football somewhere. He's not going to be named in our squad anyway. He won't be in the 25-man squad. So, I mean, he just needs to needs to get gone now.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what his agent is trying to do, is just trying to get him out of the club. I'm sure we'll come to some agreement. Of course, if there is a fee, great. But whatever happens, we've made a massive loss on him as a player. Um, I, I, I do feel I have slight sympathy for him. Because I feel, yes, for us, we paid a lot. But in the context of what people are paying now and and the flops that are occurring from the money that they put, they're higher than Pepe. Look at the problem Sancho is having now with Man United. Look at um, uh, what Anthony has been delivering from Man United. Look at Modric. Look at all these other players that I feel there's less scrutiny. And there's been a lot on Pepe and he's and he has delivered for us he has delivered on a k He scored quite a few goals in his first season he contributed to our f a cups victory so i do have slight sympathy for him, but yeah it's absolutely it, it it's a marriage that's ended a long time ago and and he's got to uh he's got to move on which i'm sure he will just what we get from it i don't think will be much if anything
1: no it's just it's just a case of getting out of it i think yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Maybe 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 Cedric uh, as well. <laughs> to, to yeah, you I think salary. we're just gonna
1: be paying Cedric to to leave at some point. It doesn't seem like there's even any interest in him from anywhere. So, you know, I, but, I think but, we're gonna be paying Pepe off too. I, I think both of them are gonna get paid off. It's just in it's just how you structure it.
0: Yeah, but at least if you're gonna have a look at any silver lining we've cleared out the majority of what yeah. we needed to clear albeit yeah. some yeah, loans I mean, as well yeah
1: we kicked a few cans down the road for next summer but in the main we did get we did get people out but we'll we'll do a proper review of the transfer yeah. window on Friday I think mate is what we'll do on Thursday um, well thanks for coming on tonight enjoyable one because it's always enjoyable beating them Absolutely. Um, stay off of social media because I've spent most of today, arguing with United fans before I realised they're all morons. <laughs> so there's not really much point in arguing. Whining um, morons. So, yeah, whiny morons. They're, 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 there's never been a more perfect manager for a club than that, except maybe yeah. Conte at Spurs. But they, they are, United are the whiniest. They've, they've had so long with every decision being given to them that when, yeah. when they don't get one, even when it's right, they don't get it, they all get up in arms about it. It's, but, it's incredible. Anyway, we won. So, great weekend, Has. I will uh, speak to you later in the week, mate.
0: Cheers, mate. It's been a pleasure. You're nice. Thanks. Good evening.